It is the 200 level episode 162. Mike Carpenter here with Trevor Belise and Isaac Ambrose joining in a bit. There's not going to be a five minute preamble of rage like we had during halftime of the Northwestern game. To be quite honest, I don't have a ton of anger right now, just more disappointment, underwhelming. Uh, you know, whatever sort of adjective you want to throw on this, I think we would all agree that this is not what we expected from this team in the middle of January. Injuries have not been an issue. They've stayed healthy while other Big Ten teams have not. This Ohio State team doesn't really have a center, and they're missing their two-point guards, and it doesn't matter. They're kicking your ass right now, and it is more difficult to envision a comeback against this Ohio State team than against Northwestern. As angry as I was back during that game, this one is even more concerning to an extent because you should have learned your lesson in the first place. You cannot go down by this sort of margin against better Big Ten teams. You got away with it against Northwestern. But that's not going to happen in the stretch that you have coming up. And unfortunately, it doesn't get easier going forward. That's not to say they can't figure it out. That's not to say they can't be a dangerous team come March. But I think it is okay to recalibrate some of the high expectations that we had. Big Ten title, no. (laughs) We are officially on the 200 level putting that thing to rest today. Big Ten title, dead in the water. Not just because Michigan is really, really good and Iowa is really, really good. But because you are not, at the moment, really, really good. And that's not just something you can flip a switch and all of a sudden be a Big Ten title contender when you have all too many moments like what we saw in this first half. So we have a whole half to get into why this team sucks right now. And I'm glad that we get to have Isaac and Trevor on here to kind of throw this off of each other and hopefully cathartic for you because if you're tuning in and this game doesn't change, right? If the fortunes do not change for this Illinois team in this game, that means you are tuning in for some sort of catharsis. We hope to give that to you and maybe try to identify what exactly is wrong with this team. Unfortunately, it's more than probably just one thing, and I don't know how many of those can be addressed to the point where this team becomes the threat that we hope they would be when the season started. Before we get underway here in the second half, a reminder the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code MIKE for $5 calzones, $6 premium and construction zones at dpdoe.com. Custom zones with any topping you want. Some of the favorites like a Maui Wowie or a buffer zone. Again, at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com as they tweeted out, burn your lucky shirt. I think that's okay to do because whatever lucky shirt you've been wearing, it's not working. And then go to fourthandkirby.com and get a new lucky shirt. We need to somehow change the fortunes of this Illinois basketball season, get them on the right track. And fourthandkirby.com has great vintage-inspired Alani apparel. Use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. Finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, renters, business, you name it. They'll take care of you with great State Farm prices, but more importantly, personalized service. And Karen and I had a great experience with our new homeowners, an auto plan from State Farm. You get the State Farm prices, and then Brian worked with us directly with the help of his amazing staff. That's brianismyguy.com. For Lana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level, we appreciate them, and we appreciate you. All the ratings and reviews that we're getting in, especially on Apple Podcasts, thank you so much for that. It helps us move up the search engine when someone tries to find an Illini sports podcast. So appreciate the feedback and, of course, on Twitter, at FanboyCarp. Okay, is it time to get underway here in the second half? Ugh, I'm a little bit uncertain what my expectations are, not just for this half, but going forward. And if anything, even a win here would still leave some questions. It would give you the great comeback, but also leave you wondering, why are they so maddeningly inconsistent? 
We're underway. Trevor Valise, I know Isaac Ambrose is going to come uh, on the Zoom link here in just a bit. But just to give you guys a little bit of heads up how this half has started, Ohio State gets a quick three from EJ Liddell to go up 18. And Trevor, I, I think what we're going to try to do this half, unless there's some crazy comeback and we can actually get play-by-play again, there's a lot of macro issues to talk about, which is our bread and butter, as you know, as DeMonte hits a three. If you were to try to narrow down the single largest issue facing this team right now, What's the first that comes to mind? I got a list, so I'm trying. I'm, I'm having difficulty figuring out what that biggest issue would be. Yeah, that's a loaded question that has many answers. Uh, I, I think the uh, the go to fan uh, reaction is to focus on a player's offense and whether or not. And I'm not blaming anybody for doing that. It makes sense. You know, you just say, "Well, Iowa's been scoring a lot less than he has been." you know, lately or something. But I honestly think the defense is something we really need to focus on right now because earlier in the year, it felt like the theme was Illinois beating themselves and perhaps that Baylor loss or losses similar to that. But now it's one of those things where you can't allow yourself to fall into the trap of, um, well, Maryland just shot, you know, nine of 11 from three. What are you going to do? And now Ohio State is what, like 10 of 12 from three. What are you going to do? And it's like, yeah, but maybe if that keeps happening, that's a problem on your end, not just you happen to be getting the opponent on their best shooting night ever. Yeah, it's a trend, a troubling trend. I would go with you on that defensive side of the ball being the bigger issue right now because I think the points will come. And even in the second half, I'd be surprised if Illinois doesn't find their way to 40-plus points. Kofi with the ball down low, he's getting double-teamed, and he gets it in. So right now we got an 11-point Ohio State game. Isaac, you got here just in time for the inevitable rally. But before we talk about the positives what few there were in that first half. I asked Trevor what he thought was the single biggest issue for this team, and I know that's kind of a loaded question. He said defense. Is there anything else that really stands out to you as to what ails this team? I guess kind of hand-in-hand with that, but just that tough mentality. I mean, they came out the first half, and I know we've struggled with slow starts all season, but Ohio State came out, and they were playing like they were better than you. And like, they knew they were going to boss you around it. And of course, EJ Liddell is having like his best game all year against you from the three point line. But you didn't, you weren't playing like you belonged at the top. You weren't playing like you should be beating Ohio state. Um, and that, that, that effort goes hand in hand with the defense. I think, um, of course, here we go. Um, okay, sorry. We're, <laughs> well, here, here's a question, a Isaac. Point. Well, you're good. I know that Trevor's a little bit ahead. I'm at 17-10. It is a 13-point Ohio okay. State lead at this point. Are you about that same uh, spot, Isaac, or a little bit ahead? Um, tell me when Io hits the three. Okay. Did Io hit a three already? Let's see. Here's Trent. He pump fakes. He finds Io. Okay, I think right now is that three you were okay. talking about. Okay, so we have a 10-point game. Hey, look, at Illinois is coming back. You know, it, it's amazing, though, guys how 10-2 scoring run, and that's great. And I think that this will probably end up being pretty competitive at the end of the second half. But uh, Isaac, I'll start with you here. Let's say they make the comeback. Of course, we'd be happy. But unfortunately, this isn't, this isn't cute anymore. It, it, this is the kind of thing where people always will fall back on, well, you know, in the NCAA tournament, this is a dangerous team. And I would counter by saying the inconsistency of this team does not lend itself well to a single elimination tournament where one bad four-minute stretch, and that can be it for the season, let alone one bad half. Yeah, and we might find out 
today how we say, hey, we could have a stellar second half here and still lose just because Ohio State's good and they've been scoring. But and it, it gets to a point where good teams don't let that happen. And um, the thing that's so frustrating for me is when it's not like the first half Ohio State was just making everything and you were maybe just missing shots you normally make. It was horrible basketball. Like, I bet, okay, that's a stretch to say Chicago State would have outscored you, but you, most teams in that first half would have, you know, been able to compete with Illinois. It's That's how bad some of their halves are. And in the in the tournament, I mean, you just can't do that. You're going to find a team. Oh, my gosh. So, Iowa's at the line here. I, I don't like the sound of that. What, did he miss both? We'll see uh, here. Sorry, so six, I've, I've, no, you're good. You're good. He does make one of them to make it 50 to 39. I got my score up here that's a little bit ahead of it. Yeah, and to that point. Well, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Go ahead, Isaac. Yeah, you, you just can't let that be a, be a thing. Like, we have to turn this around if we want any success in March. Trevor, you said during our text thread before the game that I think I saw the news about the point guards, both of them being out. So CJ Walker and then the other kid whose name escapes me, Sotos or something. And thinking, well, yeah. don't let this be Eric Ayala the second, where you have this encouraging bit of news that the other team doesn't have not just one, but two of their guys out. And yet you come out and kind of lay an egg like we're seeing here right now. I said, uh, you know, there's something liberating about, okay, if Illinois loses this game, talk about recalibrating the expectations. I'm just divesting the emotional attachment until they give me reason otherwise. You said you would be legit mad. Did you find yourself angry or kind of like I was a little bit numb as that first half went on? See, I thought um, going into this game, I kind of felt like I had been understandingly calm of the losses before, even to a certain extent last Sunday, even though that was certainly more frustrating. Uh, before Sunday, you know, my, my biggest case was simply that I didn't really think you had a loss that was that frustrating. Now, obviously, Missouri has come back down to earth a little bit. They're not ranked 10th anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that loss certainly in a vacuum is frustrating. Don't get me wrong. But prior to the Maryland loss, your combined, the teams that beat you were combined like, I forget what it was, like 33-3 and three or something. So, so yeah. none of those losses you were looking at and going like, that is just an eyesore on the resume. Um, and so I, I sort of felt like I had, you know, if you picture like a gas tank or something, mine was still full on like angry moments because I, I wasn't that angry about that other than, God, that stupid Missouri wins, that's a bad call. But I wasn't carrying that into like the next week. And I felt like Maryland was, was the last um, reasonable loss I had in me. So what I texted you guys was just that what's frustrating about this game is even if it didn't, like say they lose by five. Well, again, you look at that in a vacuum or you look at that on a resume to somebody who didn't watch and you think, okay, I mean, you lost by five to an Ohio State team that, I mean, they're good. They're ranked 21st. They're probably going to finish top, what, five, top probably. six in the Big Ten. Definitely sure. top six, yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, in a vacuum, if you lose 75-70 or something, you look at that and just go, eh, okay. But it feels like we've expended um, the losses you can take before I can no longer try to rationalize it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, so I, I thought going into it that I, it would, I would have a much harder time rationalizing this loss if it was bad. And lo and behold, here we are. And as, frustrated, as frustrating as some of those losses were, I was in the same boat as you, Trevor, where I think, you know, knowing the ceiling of this team, or at least thinking I knew what the ceiling of this team is, I, I don't even really know anymore. 
I still think it's pretty high if everything were to click, and we've seen those in little bits and spurts this year. But like you, I think you get to a certain point where eventually the benefit of the, of the doubt kind of fades. And if you continue to see these troubling trends all of a sudden, and then to couple that with Rutgers and Missouri falling back down to earth, I put Baylor on its own island. That doesn't really bother right. me. That was just a better team. And they made you look out of sorts on offense and you did what you could, but you just aren't as good as they are. I can live with that. But it was now these mounting halves and sometimes mounting 40 minutes where things are just so disjointed for a team that, yes, they got new pieces. I understand that. But it's January 16th, so this is not a new shiny toy anymore. There has to be some sort of movement towards cohesiveness if we're even going to start talking about, well, this team's dangerous. Because you know what? There are plenty of other teams right now that are improving if not exponentially, at least, you know, gradually, they're getting better and better. I'm seeing a team right now that's actually, I can't say regressing because all of these little things have been apparent from the start of the year. Go back to the Ohio game as an example. Ohio stinks right now. They aren't good. They are not going to make the tournament unless they win their conference tournament. So I think as these mount, all of a sudden the doubt creeps in. And And and, yeah, go ahead, Trevor. Well, you know, and that's why like after the Rutgers game, I totally understand being frustrated because it felt like you were the better team for the majority of that game. But, you know, my response was, well, guys, it's December 12th or whatever that was, December 16th. Problem is now it's January 16th and here's the problem still. So it's sort of like a, a fool me once, fool me twice thing, right? Where now now I'm past the fool me once and now it's shame on me. And so I'm kind of just, I'm not changing my tune, but it's just, now we've reached a point where I can no longer say, guys, you know, it's early December. Calm down. Can I give you guys another thing to, I want to get your response on this. By the way, we're back after the under 16 timeout. So it's a nine point game, Ohio State ball. So Illinois did chip into that by six points in the first four minutes. So that's encouraging. And the defense has stepped up and Ohio State has not made shots at the same level yet, though I think they're capable of, if not doing what they did in the first half. Here's Washington with the three. That is off the front end of the rim. Illinois chance to bring this even closer. But here's something, Isaac, that is hard to, you know, quantify in some sort of like scientific way, but it's really just that gut feeling you get as a fan. The more these happen, the less likable this team becomes. And I don't like that feeling. I don't like a team that I root for all of a sudden, like, ugh, I don't really this whole thing, I don't really like it all that much. And and that might sound ludicrous coming from an Illini fan that just wants to get back to the tournament for the first time since 2013. But the continuing inconsistency of it and the sort of seemingly lack of uh, urgency. Eventually, as a fan, I'm like, oh my God, like I <laughs> clearly we are helpless as fans, anyways. But I think it just almost becomes unlikable because the same things are happening over and over again that don't need to be happening to that level. Yeah, I think the longer that you play games like this, the more that stacks up as fans that we get frustrated about. So, I mean, you even saw today from Twitter and stuff like that. People are starting to get frustrated with Underwood, which I I'm it's, it's, it's ridiculous to jump off the Underwood train and be like, Oh, maybe he's not that good of a coach, but it's fair to question the longer. Yeah. The longer this happens, you have to seriously consider it because if you have one bad night and you're missing shots, that that's just on the guys. But if you're consistently playing with poor effort, turning the ball over, not making good reads on defense, then you start to question other things. And again, we've played a handful of sloppy games the past couple months. So, you know, at first, like the Missouri game, it was like, oh my gosh, free throws, right? 
and you try to pinpoint one thing. And now we got a whole kibosh of things to get upset about because it's been months and we've had multiple frustrating games. Um, but in, in, even if we do have this miracle comeback, awesome win, we're still going to, it's, we're going to be excited. It's going to be amazing. We'll but take Carp, it. There's yeah. going to be like 50, there's going to be like 15 things we can point at and say, this is not, uh, you can't bank on this night in and night out. Here's a nice take by Georgie on a feed from Curbelo to make it a seven point game with 1354 to go. So Georgie is going to go the line for an and one. We're saying all this, and, and I think it is important to contextualize why we're having this conversation during what looks to be, if not a fake rally, maybe a full-on rally and come back from Illinois. It could very well happen, right? And if they do, like you said, Isaac, we'll be excited, as we should be. It is a big win that's going to look good in March in terms of seeding and all that. I'm not really worried about the Big Ten race anymore. I think that first half broke any lingering sort of uh, hope I had for that, along with Michigan being as good as they are uh, and the scheduling breaks that they get too. But Trevor, to that point, you know, as we watch Illinois now get this game within six and think, okay, well, what are we looking for the rest of the year from this game and beyond? And you kind of hit on this during the Maryland game at the end when we were talking about how frustrating it was that, you know, listen, if this team finishes in the top five in the Big Ten and they can get a four or five seed in the tournament, at the end of the day, you'll still take it. Um, but for me, a lot of it, Trevor, is the path that you take to get there. And the reason last year felt a lot more fun in a way than this one is you were coming back from something. You had to be the aggressor. And in this case, every other team that you play, they're the aggressor against you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, not every NCAA tournament berth is created equal. I mean, not every playoff team is created equal. I'm pretty sure you would argue that the Bears and the other NFC teams were not created equal in the way that they made it to the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying the Illini will be the Bears. No, not at all. Not completely, all. you know, fall ass backwards into the tournament. But there is a difference. Uh, oh, it looks like we've got a little uh, spicy between Georgie and EJ right Ooh, now. Oh, okay. We got spice coming up. You're a little bit ahead of us, so I'll be on the lookout for that. We got an eight point Ohio State lead, make that 10 with EJ Liddell making another shot. I would hope that Georgie does something good before it gets spicy. Here's the feed to Georgie. Georgie gets fouled. Oh, wow. Okay. That was pretty physical. Uh, go ahead, Trevor. No, I, I'm just saying I agree with you that um, I, I have always said that as a fan, there is nothing better than a season where you are unexpectedly good because in the season where you're expectedly good, yeah, that's fine, but you know you, that's what people expected. In a season where you're unexpectedly bad, well, that's just the worst. And in a season when you're bad and you're supposed to be bad, that's just no fun at all. But there's nothing quite like, you know, for me, it's like the 2015 Cubs where you didn't know if they were going to be any good. And then they made it all the way to the NLCS. In a weird way, I would argue that season was almost more fun for me throughout than the World Series season. I understand what I you mean I just wasn't that. expecting yeah. it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because so last year... Well, think about the World Series and that seven-game slog. And listen, the end result was so triumphant. Where I mean, that's a lifetime memory. But I do recall, not even as a Cubs fan, but a little bit bandwagony in 2015 as they make the run to the NLCS. And yeah, because they were on the up, it felt so different. Whereas when they're in the World Series and you expected it, then it was like, you guys better do this. And I know as a fan, I kind of entered the season thinking, you guys better do something because we don't get opportunities like this very much. Yeah, right. And so now it's sort of like, not that this exact performance of play last year would have me excited. It wouldn't. But I just think that, oh, wow, now there's more jawing. 
Hmm. This is an eight-point game for Ohio State here. We had a turnover just now from Washington Jr., and yeah, it is getting chippy out there. Wow. So it looked like Dwayne Washington hits Kofi here on the foul, and now he and Io are kind of jawing, but we're going to commercial. Okay, so you're at the under-12 timeout here. We'll see what happens on this play. Curbelo brings it up. Adam Miller on the perimeter. He finds Io. We got 12 minutes to go here. Io taking it to the rim. It is up. It is a rebound by Kofi. Kofi gets fouled pretty hard there by Washington Jr. Did Corbello comes in. Go ahead, Isaac. Did he not just like grab the back of his head, which I'm pretty sure you can't do unless I don't know. It this is just gonna be the salty Illinois fan in me, but I feel like most of the time when there's chippiness or technicals, we end up getting the short end of the stick. This year, I will say, listen, Illini fans, we often have an inferiority complex or like us against the world. But between the Kofi flagrant that wasn't, and didn't DeMonte have one at Rutgers that was really cheap? That, you know, no, I, I think there's... And also, Io got, a, Io got a tech in that Penn State thing where, like, he oh literally God, did nothing. Right. Yeah, he just told the guy to get away from Curbelo. Yeah. Uh, here we go. So it's under 12-minute timeout. Real quick before we uh, continue with this, got to remind you, DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com. Stay inside today. It's kind of just cold and nasty outside. They will bring you a piping hot calzone to your door for $5. Use coupon code MIKE for a $5 calzone at dpdoe.com. Delivery anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That's dpdoe.com. All right. So as we look forward here, I, I had one thought that temporarily escape me. I guess the more pressing thought right now is with an eight point Ohio state lead, Illinois will have the ball. Maybe they'll review and see if there was any sort of flagrant on Washington or not. But Trevor, I do wonder, okay, for this team, whatever it takes to kind of light a fire under their butt, I guess that's fine. And if that takes Ohio state jawing at them, okay, we'll take it. Uh, But I wish it were more internal. Like at this point, you would think that Io coming back in the manner in which he did, Kofi deciding to come back too. These guys themselves talked about the expectations they had for this team. And I'm going to get nitpicky here, Trevor, and I want to get your thought on it. After the game Sunday, Io said, Hey, we're five and two. It's a disappointment. Life in the Big Ten. We'll move on. On one hand, that's the exact right thing to say at that time, right? On the other hand, what it made me start thinking is how much urgency is there even at the top? You know, because last year, you think about the run they went on, I think there was this weird feeling of invincibility coming into this season. And I think as a fan, I even had a little bit of that too, which without Andres Feliz and even a guy like Alan Griffin, maybe I just didn't take into consideration the fact that the losses were not going to be immediately made up with the additions and that this team would have some hiccups. That was a really long-winded way of saying, Trevor, I read that quote on Sunday and thought, that's the right thing to say. It is, but it still lacks that urgency that I was kind of hoping for. Sure. Yeah. And I, I totally get that. I've had frustrations with those types of things too. Uh, not to bring it back to the Cubs again, but whenever they lose in the playoffs, Joe Madden, who's like the coolest cat in town, you know, he'd always just be like sipping wine at the post game press conference, basically saying, you know, hey, man. Tough, tough luck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, but I really, don't, you know, I don't want to hear that when you lose to the Mets and get swept in the post. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you're trailing three nothing. Like, yeah, you're down three nothing in the NLCS to the Mets, and you haven't competed in any of those games. Don't don't sip wine at the press conference, Joe. We don't want that right, right. now. And I, I'm not likening that I O quote to sipping wine at yeah, the yeah. press conference, but but I am with you in that. I think um, my 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 disappointment was I really thought from a narrative perspective. With with the with the with the players and the motivation and the chemistry you have on this team, I thought that Northwestern one 
was going to be the one where, by the way, they do call a flagrant on Dwayne Washington okay. for slapping the back. Of there Kofi you go, head. Isaac. So Kofi, we got a break. Kofi will get a, a flagrant before we get the ball back here. But Sorry. I do. I No, no. I, I, it does frustrate me, though, because as I told you guys, I really thought that 15-point deficit and then the comeback win was sort of like the – um, you know, I mentioned like the documentary DVD moment where it's like, and that, and from that point forward, we were just on a roll. Like, I really thought that was going to be, you know, we, this is like the fifth wake up call you've had. Exactly. So and that's just it. It's exhausting, right? Because I thought for, for a while that the Penn state, you're down 19, four things didn't look good in happy Valley, but all of a sudden things, you know, it, I thought that was the moment that was December 23rd. We're a month later and right. we're still like waiting for that switch to turn on and stay on for an extended period of time. So that's what's frustrating is from, you know, if if you tasked me with forcing myself into like a narrative, I don't know what the narrative is now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't either. I okay, mean, to be honest, okay, it's confounding. Wins, right? Followed by losses, followed by maybe another comeback win. Like, what does any of that mean? Yeah, and we'll know at the end of the season what it means, but my biggest worry or fear is Kofi misses both free throws. He's 0 for 3 from the line today. But we'll talk about Kofi in a bit. If I do have a point of frustration, and it's silly to do that with a guy who's 20, <laughs> well, I'm 14 years older than he is, but if I have a point of frustration with an individual right now, it would be Kofi. But first things first, my biggest fear is that you get to the end of the season and we have a podcast to wrap it up and we ask ourselves, well, what was that? You know, yeah, they made the tournament, cool. Um, okay, they, they maybe won a game as Kofi has a charge now despite the fact that the guy was That's inside the circle. That's such a terrible call. Let's, let's take a look at this replay here. So we got Kofi with the ball. Key, I mean, it was hard to tell if his feet were inside or outside from that angle. Here's the second angle. His feet were... But I, still, you'd have thought Kofi wound up and punched him in the face for him to fall back like that. That's like what DeMonte got called for last game for the flop warning. I can talk about Kofi now. Uh, Ohio State doesn't really have a center. You know, at least... A good bowl one. China shop, you know? Yeah, that is. He is back to bowl in the China shop with without that touch around the rim. And I, I don't understand how in this matchup of all matchups. I mean, what's crazy is Kofi was just rolling against Maryland. Then he stopped giving him the ball. I feel I felt bad for Kofi. I think a lot of us did. Why are they not beating him the ball? And then in this game where the matchup is even more favorable. And I understand defensively, he has to go try to guard Liddell on the perimeter. That that probably takes a little bit of energy away from it. But you got to, you just got to do better. And I think that what makes this back to the point of unlikability, Isaac, is that you get Io and Kofi back, and you're super pumped for it as you should be. Illinois fans have every right to have high expectations for this team. The team has it for themselves, as a three goes up and in for Ohio State. So we're back to a double-digit lead with 11:30 to go. But I just think I look back to that bluster now before the season. And it just rings so hollow, Isaac. And that just leads me to think, oh, God, what is, what is this thing? Is Corbello misses a three? I, I just, yeah, I don't know, Isaac. I'm rambling a bit here as Illinois has an extended possession here. Yeah, I don't, you don't, yeah, you don't have an identity, really. I mean, jeez. Oh, you don't. Nobody, I mean, like, like Trevor nobody. was talking about. And nobody's been consistent where I feel like at the beginning of the season, it was like, all right, Io and Kofi are going to get theirs. And then it was just, uh, you got lucky as to who went off either Curbelo or Miller or even Georgie. Um, and now there's no consistency anywhere. You do a lot of the stuff you, you were doing 
in the um, the Mizzou game. It's just you're not seeing that progression throughout the season. And I know maybe in March they'll like shut us all up, but when you have such high expectations and you set the bar at a one seed in a Final Four, which I think a handful of people would still say Illinois has the most talent in the Big Ten. But when you can't put it together, I think we're seeing how bad it can be. Well, and, and to that point, let's say that, and here were my expectations coming into the season. I thought maybe a one seed, right? But for, what I was more laser focused on with the scheduling breaks that I thought Illinois got with the single plays, I thought a Big Ten title, that's there for you. As Kofi turns the ball over, I, I don't know what that pass was. 11-point Ohio State lead with 10.45 to go, a chance for them to extend it. They take it to the rim. They find someone wide open for a three. It is up. It is no good. An air ball. Okay. Maybe maybe the uh, tides will turn here. But uh, to that point, oh. no, they don't. Okay, yeah, another turnover as Trent just flails around and over. loses it. Here's Ohio State with a take to the rim, an and one, and they're going to go up... 13 of the chance go up 14 and they're taking it right back to Illinois. But yeah, I think the the expectations coming into this for me, Isaac, were more centered on what they could do in the conference season because of the crapshoot nature of the tournament and that through 20 games, this team had enough veteran guys and they had two signature players. And in basketball, you have two guys and you can kind of fill things around it. This goes right into, I think, the conversation, Trevor, about how culpable is the coaching staff. Now, what I, it does not help that next year the reinforcements are not exactly coming. I know you made a point in the text thread with the transfer market. You can overcome that. Michigan did this year, right? You can overcome that. But what I am concerned about is that to look at most coaches like a Holtman right now for Ohio State with two point guards out, it feels certainly like he's maximizing what this Ohio State team can do based on the guys that they lost last year. And they're still a top 25 team that is just, they're a good team. They're just good, and they're going to be good for a while knowing that he's kind of built something up there. At this moment, we only have a couple seasons worth of Underwood, and unfortunately, even last year, the first couple months of that season, and then most of this year, there's still an inconsistency to the way they perform. Now, that might just be that Illinois as a program has to completely rise up from how bad they were when Underwood started. I I would understand that. But it's not like football. Like You can turn things around pretty quick and establish this is what this program is going to be. And it's just a weird feeling to be here in year four, mid-January with all this talent, and not be sure first of how, how this team is going to progress. And then secondly, long-term, because you just aren't landing those guys to say that, oh, we've arrived. Because we haven't. Not yet. Yeah, and I, I, first to the arrival point, I think it's interesting because there was a lot of, um, I guess I'll term it hypothetical arrival, right? Because of the way last right. year ended, and then you don't get to see the tournament play out. But every single stupid robot computer simulation had Illinois going to the Final <laughs> Four. Right. So it was like, okay, last season was automatically like, I, I genuinely think if you surveyed the fan base family feud style, like 80 to 90% of them would tell you that Illinois was a Sweet 16 team last year. And I'm not saying they wouldn't have been. But I mean, let's slow down, right? I mean, that was a team that was the worst three-point shooting team, one of the worst in the country. And they had bad turnover issues too. And so again, like, I'm not saying they wouldn't have been, but you also couldn't tell me if they were in an 8-9 game with Creighton and then they went on a five-minute drought that Creighton might not have won that game. You know, and so right. the, the hypothetical arrival, whatever that means, it, I think 
hurt you a little bit. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to say that the expectations we had for this team weren't fair. They are. I just think the fact that you didn't get to see last season play out fully and in your head created a better version of how that played out might hurt you a little bit in terms of how you're evaluating this team. But I think back to the coaching point it is the most, perhaps the most interesting discussion we can have is the Brad Underwood discussion right now, because by no means am I saying that, you know, I'm out on Brad Underwood or anything like that, but I think you can have a legitimate discussion about, you know, if I was making a pros and cons list, I could list five or six bullet points of, of instances. Let's not forget Miami last year where he said in the practice, nobody knew what he was talking about. Remember? Right. He said, nobody, nobody had any answers to my questions. I, I don't know how much that is on him versus the players, but don't forget less than a, well, I guess more than a calendar year ago, but last season at Maryland, don't forget that bungle where he calls a timeout before he should have. And then you don't get a shot off except Andres release from half court and you lose. Yeah. And then after the game, he says he did that purposefully because he wanted a, a uh, technical something or other to be assessed so yeah. that he could pause the game. Made no sense. And so all I'm saying is, of course, we're looking back on that stuff that is very forgettable when you're winning and not and easy to remember when you're losing. But I do think it is an interesting discussion to have where I think, again, hypothetically, we assumed Brad Underwood is now like the second best coach in the Big Ten when just, you know, you have plenty of evidence to suggest maybe he's like six. Yeah, I, I think to that point, think about the long leash. I'm going to go back to John Gross's first year and think about the leash that he got based on making the tournament and almost beating two-seed Miami. Think about what that gave him for essentially three full years until he had the make-it-or-break-it fifth year. And the reason that he got that leash is because Illinois fans were so starved for any kind of success and anything different from what came before. We were so tired of the Weber thing that it was a breath of fresh air. You made the tournament. Hey, we're going to let this guy do his thing. Even though it was clear probably you know, late year two that uh, something's not really right with the John Gross era, but we went with it, right? And we kind of forego the criticism of the coach because we want to believe. So with the Underwood thing, it's been so long. We have last year. We would have made the tournament. And a lot of Illini fans have pulled. You're probably right. I bet 80% would have said Sweet 16. I would have been like you. I would have said it's certainly possible. But knowing how bad they shoot, they could have lost in the first game too. It would not have negated, though, what was a good season and one that I think would have had us, no matter what happened this year, thinking, yeah, Brad Underwood's got it. Brad Underwood's got it. It's it's a tricky line to balance here because I don't want to be overreactionary. I, I don't think we've been overreactionary today, but there are concerns clearly with this team, whatever the hell this thing is. And there are concerns long-term because you weren't able to take what you did last year and turn that into, at least for now, recruiting success in 2021 and beyond. And that just tells you, I mean, nothing's guaranteed. We learned this the hard way as Illini fans. When Bruce Weber goes to a national title game, nothing is guaranteed. He never built off of that. And I, I worry that having lived through the last 12 years of Illini fandom, this is just another, <laughs> another disappointment. And Isaac, I think as a younger fan like yourself, um, last year was even more impactful for you because you didn't have the as close of a connection to 03 through 05 and the early 2000s, maybe. Um, and now, is your mind going to that default position of a line I fan thinking, oh God, is this, is this happening again? Or are we really just bound to be disappointed? Oh, yeah. 
And I mean, to think that 2020 after the Michigan State game at the start of the year was the best stretch of Illinois basketball, you know, since that 0405 season. And I could actually remember it. And finally, for once, you know, growing up in Michigan and having to deal with Michigan, Michigan State, handful of Ohio State fans, you never had anything to be confident about. So last year was really the first year where we were good. I could be confident. I knew we were either going to win night in and night out or be competitive night in and night out. And I just got so excited going into this year thinking, you know, we're going to be the team that everybody wants to beat. And we are going to be that top dog that everybody's going for. And it's not going to be us needing a all-star game to try to take down one of the best teams in the big 10. But as an Illinois fan too, it's easy to be scarred. Uh, thinking back to some dark days, like how EJ Liddell has his career high for the day right now. Of course. He has more threes this game than he had his all season. Um, and I think it's the same. It kind of is the same thing for football, Carpal. You know why this bas- or this past football season um, was so frustrating too was we had high hope. I mean, high hopes for Illinois standards for this football team. And that's why it was so frustrating when you played so poorly because you knew you had talent, you knew you had a squad and you actually had some expectations. So that's why this season's also frustrating. We had such high expectations and on, on paper, your team looks like you should be a final four team, but there's just so much to, to break down. It, well, it's, hard, it's hard, right? Because we're reacting in real time to what in the micro is a disastrous performance. This is unacceptable, you know, and, and I think when we kind of continue to distance ourselves from it, and the next game's Tuesday night, maybe we take that play-by-play off as well because I, I know it's Penn State at home. You'll, you'll probably be okay, but I just I can't count on this team for anything right now. But Wolf, I, That is danger zone, by the way. <laughs> Coming off two straight losses, a one-day turnaround against a bad team. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I again, I have no expectations for it. This team has so quickly... Well, I say quickly, but again, this has been kind of a slow burn where you've seen these moments and all of a sudden it's really come to roost in the last two games. Iowa makes first free throw here to make it a 13-point game. slow burn. <laughs> uh, where's the CSI Miami drop when you need it? Well done. Okay, so the second free throws for Iowa is good. It's a 12-point game with 8.19 to go. And, you know, I'm seeing the frustration. Uh, you know, Kofi, he slammed the ball a little bit ago. You're, you're just sensing that... Even the move, and this is Underwood trying something, so I'm not faulting him. It's worth trying something. But the whole full-court trap, and I'm thinking, well, that's great, but then it also reeks of desperation. Like, I've exhausted all my other options. I can't count on this team to make the comeback with how we would normally play. Hey, guys, let's do a full-court trap. Again, I'm not faulting him for trying something different. It just symbolically to me, Trevor says, oh, my God, we're going to, like, the bag of tricks that we're, we're breaking the glass, you know, to, to get that fire extinguisher. Yeah. And it's only January 16th against a, a, a pretty oh. good Ohio state team, but not a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they definitely have a good collection of players, but uh, talent wise, at least on paper, you're not going to put them up against the top, top tier of the big 10. Um, I mean, you are desperate. So yeah, I mean that, that stinks, but, there's an opportunity there as Trent hits a three. Um, so yeah, it's a nine-point game. Yeah, nine-point game with a three with 7.25 to go. Yeah, again, it's one of those things that it's, hey, thanks for trying something Scratch different. That. 
but it's here's a trap. Does it work this time? Oh, it does not. They break the trap. Okay, so here we go. Ohio State, three. It is up. It is good. I don't want to do the whole, that's game, but didn't that one, just with the ease with which they just came back five seconds later and erased the three-pointer that Trent made? As Kofi goes up, he makes a shot, so we got a 10-point game with seven to go and the inevitable rally. But then again, I mean, this is what's kind of troubling, Isaac, is that you had the rally to get it within, was it seven was the closest or eight? I think eight. You had to bring it within four if you would have capitalized on that flagrant and then it went to 11 because Kofi didn't make the free throws. You missed a shot and they hit a three. Kofi fouls this key guy. Yeah. Uh, Kofi has not been good today, even though he's four for four from the field with seven boards matchup wise. He should be killing these guys. And I think that speaks to maybe an indictment of, what's going on with this offense as a whole right now, but it's... Well, it's because they're trapping him, right? I mean, Maryland was the first team to do that, really, and now Ohio State, rightfully so, after the Maryland game, is is doing the same thing, where they are literally sending three guys to Kofi when he gets the ball underneath, and that's where my bull in a china shop comment comes in, because, you know, I I know his hands have been better. I'm not going to just totally, you know, ignore the fact that he has been better at that, but it just sort of still feels... I don't know how to describe it, like clunky. You know? Yes, it is clunky. I think Georgie, Georgie has a better game flow than Kofi does what it, for whatever that's worth. He's not a better player. But if three guys were sent to Georgie, I have a better level of confidence that Georgie would find a way to kick it back out. Whereas, you know, there's still a certain element of, of uh, I guess, black wholeness once Georgie gets the ball or once Kofi gets the ball because you can't really assume that it's ever going to find anybody else's hands once it's in Kofi's. The only thing that makes me angry, and it just crossed my mind, because let's say Illinois loses this game. That's two straight home losses. And again, Ohio State, not a scrub team, but they were missing two point guards, right? So you didn't even get them at full strength. And then not only did they... much worse on the road, too. Minnesota beat them by 17. Absolutely. This is a team that's pretty damn good in Columbus, and I think you played them the last game of the year, which, great. So EJ Liddell can go for 35 that game. But... Then the Maryland game. So you couple these two together, and it is one thing that I I felt like towards the end of last year. I felt like last year was so much an exorcism of all these kind of demons that we had as Illini fans. So for example, you get the road wins against the likes of Wisconsin and Michigan, things he hadn't done for about ten years. You lift that way up. Penn State. At Penn State, there you go. You get the finally towards the end of the year the home court advantage. You know you lo- you lose the two games of Maryland and Michigan State in great environments, but finally at the end of the year you beat Indiana and then the Iowa game. To me, the Iowa game was especially cathartic because it felt like finally that home court advantage it was back, and it just felt like by year's end, even without the tournament, we know we would have made it. We crossed so many things off the list that had been bugging us for a decade. Now, I understand that this year with the home court advantage, you don't have fans and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know if that alone would have changed the fortunes of this Illinois team. In other words, losing two at home, fans or not, with how much talent you have, I just find unacceptable. Unless this was a stretch where it is Iowa and it's Michigan back-to-back, the two best teams in the Big Ten, and you just lose two of them in frustrating fashion, kind of like Maryland and Michigan State last year. Okay, it sucks, but you just kind of go with it. This is something entirely different where, I, <laughs> I don't know. Guys, I, I mean, I am running out of things to say. I, I, did, I said I wasn't angry, but I think if I continue to stretch this out and project this forward 
to what I think is going to be an unsatisfying conclusion to this year, I am angry because it was a total missed opportunity. That is what really kind of freaks me out about this team. Yeah, and I think the under it's like Game of the Thrones. interesting one to have. Yeah, and Isaac, yeah, to your point, this is sort of like we had, we set everything up nicely for the the battle with the Night King and who's going to take the throne. This is our one final shot to do. And I say one final shot, but because of not many reinforcements coming in for next year and because you don't always wake up and that, you know, you don't wake up and get the fortune of Io and Kofi guys that good coming back when they didn't have to, you don't normally get that kind of luck and yet we aren't capitalizing on it. So by the end of it, yeah, that, that's my fear. Isaac is that we get game yeah. of Thrones season eight. I know, I know that was kind of a dumb analogy, but I just saw your tweet earlier no, this no. week, and I was just thinking, like, you know, last season of Game of Thrones, you got the dragons, you got all the main characters about to meet up and go to war, and then the last season was just so underwhelming. It just happened. And it just happened, and then it was over, it, and then no you're one, like, I don't need to revisit that. You know what? It's, it's, for, it's forgettable, too, which hopefully this team isn't forgettable in the future. Well, I think you guys that, are making me not want to watch Game of Thrones. By don't, the way. <laughs> don't, don't waste your time. Trent three rims in and out. Kofi with the board. It is up and in. So we have a 10 point game with 616 to go. But I, I think to that point, yeah, that that is my biggest fear and kind of my mantra, like worst case scenario mantra with this team is the idea that we could get to the end of this and it would be forgettable because I look back to, let's say, I mean, okay. Even though they're nine and four right now, if they lose this game, they're nine and five. I think the Big Ten's going to put enough teams in there where Illinois' position as a tournament team is safe unless the wheels just come off, which I'm not discounting that yet. And then a nice take from Ohio State and uh, Demonte not really doing anything for you today. But anyways, uh, forgettable. That that is my fear in a, in a weird way, Isaac. Like this, this makes no sense. And Trevor, I need you to immediately step in and say, Carp, no. In a weird way, I would rather the wheels fall completely off of this thing. So so there's just some sort of like spectacle, like what the hell was that? As opposed to, yes, Illinois finished <laughs> uh, 13 and 9, and they lost the 8-9 game in the tournament. Now, Trevor, right, I need you to that's immediately... Such a, that's such a, you know, that's a whimper, right? If you go to the 8-9 is... and then you, that's like the definition of a forgettable season. Right, go out with a bang, not a whimper, even if the bang is a total collapse that makes us think, what the hell was that? I mean, you're wrong, but I, I am. I know. <laughs> like with the Bears, that's what I want to happen. But, sure. you know, with the Bears, I, I need a, a full fire sale and I don't want a fire sale of everybody dealing with this Illinois basketball team. But yeah, no, I mean, you saw how, you saw the quote-unquote consequences of the bears going whatever it was three and one down the stretch or three and two down the stretch, because I mean, that's literally what they said in the, in the postseason press conference was we were impressed with the team's ability to bounce back. And it's like, yeah, well you played literally the three worst teams in football, three straight weeks, Texans, Lions, Jaguars. And that's why you bounced back. Hey, oh, go ahead, Isaac. Sorry. Uh, last year you started the season nine and five and the fifth loss was Michigan State um, at Michigan State, 76-56. And that's when you went on that big run and things started to turn around. So there we go. There's our turnaround. Now that we're 9-5, and five, we can start playing better. Hmm. If only I, I would. Hey, you know what? Maybe that arbitrary milestone will actually have something to do with this team turning around. But Kofi is, oh, my God, he made a free throw. He's one for five from the line. Maybe one for six. I lose track. Uh, <laughs> 
Okay, so nine and five that you mentioned last year, Isaac. Listen, I, I remember distinctly that the day after Illinois lost to Michigan State, there was a tweet that said everyday guys. And at that point, I, I just think that's had it. What's all right, Carp? I think that's the dagger. Oh, something happens here. Ohio State with the ball, and it's going to be a three, and of course it goes in. So there we go. That is a 11-point lead. That's Aaron's. Hey, by the way, do you know he only shoots three-pointers, and yet somehow we just, whatever. Just He's also shoot. got four fouls and has played almost the entire half with them. Yeah, yeah. We just got punked today. We'll, we'll see, in a, you know, like a chicken with its head cut off. We'll see Illinois run very fast and score a few buckets late in this game to maybe lose by seven. And like you said, Trevor, maybe even five where you look back and in a vacuum, not a huge deal. Io makes a layup here. But the fact you even got in this position in the first place. In the, in the second half, you outscored Ohio State at, to this point by six. And it doesn't matter because you suck so badly in the first half. And you would have thought the lesson would be learned. Okay, here's the anger coming. You would have thought the lesson would have been learned 19-4 to against Penn State, 19 nothing against Purdue, 15-point halftime def- deficit against Northwestern. But this team has their heads so far up their own asses that they can't figure out that you can't do that. And, and I say this about, you know, tournament and... and I can't, I can't expect anything with this team until I start seeing a consistent 40 minutes. I need them on Tuesday to beat Penn State by like, not, not 20. I need like 40 minutes where they just win by like eight. I need, a, I need a, a very uneventful win to shake me back into this mindset that, you know what, this team can actually be functional. I need functional before I can start talking about good because they just suck right now. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I, 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 and exactly I, I say right. that it's not the most eloquent thing I've ever said about this team, but I, I think that, you know, all day and thank God this was an early game. If this would have been something we waited for and it's like a 7 p.m. tip and then I'm all pissed off at 915 at night and I got to cool off with a few Simpsons episodes. Nothing wrong with that. I love the Simpsons, but I, I am divesting emotionally out of self-defense, right? But also because this team hasn't given us enough to hook on to. And, and that, Isaac, I think, you know, all the range of emotions that we're going through right now is the feeling that we, I know how pumped I was setting down that Wednesday before Thanksgiving to watch Illinois just absolutely, you know, smoke, what, North Carolina A&T, Adam Miller drops 20-something, and, and at that point thinking, man, the sky's the limit. Yes, acknowledging there's going to be bumps along the way, but I didn't think there'd be this many bumps, and I didn't think the bumps or the valleys, I should say, would be so low, and they have been low. Like John Gross levels of incompetence that, yes, we should begin to question what is going on at the very top. And it feels similar to last year, you know, because last year we had those high hopes, not obviously as high as this season. And then you start off nine and five and you have those bad losses to Mizzou and you're like, what the heck? This loss, I know we're just finding a million different ways to say the same thing, but this loss is so (laughs) frustrating to me because think, think back to the Mizzou Mizzou loss, it basically came down to you missed a ton of free throws and Iowa was the only one that came to play in the second half, right? But this game, in the past few games, it's like, we don't do anything very well. So, like, what the hell? Like, if you're Brad Underwood and we can complain about him as much as we want, if you're Brad Underwood and you go sit in the coach's room after this game, you're just like, what the hell did I just watch? Where do we even start, you know? So, it's it's so it's so very frustrating. But then even like how Aaron's has made all these threes and like Trevor said, 
he's got four fouls. Why are you not driving at him? Or why are you not? And I'm, I'm not a basketball coach, but that just seems like common sense. Like, where is the, it just seems like Underwood's even got out coached recently, which has not helped our case. Here's the stat sheet right now with 3.39 to go. It is a nine-point Ohio State lead, so barring a crazy comeback, this will be the fifth loss of the year for Illinois on January 16th. And, and it, this doesn't even need to be said, but I'll say it one final time. Effectively, putting them out of the Big Ten title conversation, at least for a good long while. But when you look at the stat sheet, here's what you got. Iota Sumu, 16 points, 6 for 13 from the field, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Again, that's fine in a vacuum, but... Unfortunately, with the lack of a supporting cast, you just need more than that. Kofi with 11 points on 5 for 5 from the field, 1 for 5 from the line, 9 rebounds. Okay, again, you look at that in a vacuum, but you consider the context that he doesn't have a true center going against him. That's not good enough. Adam Miller actually pretty good today. 11 points, 5 rebounds. He's one of the few energy guys that I've seen out there. Trent maybe limited because of his shoulder, eight points. He's made a couple threes. So Adam Miller and Trent Frazier, here's the frustrating thing, Trevor. They essentially have done what you kind of we're hoping they would do. They did it. DeMonte, he's got a three. That's it. You have George. Georgie's done more than you can ask him to do. And you're voice. still losing. And, and Grandison, five points. Curbelo, bad. What can you say? He's, he's in a, a valley right now as a freshman. Well, and that's why this goes back to the defense for me, because you look at the offensive box score there and like, I don't really know other than IO probably needs a few more points. I don't really know what else you're, you're looking for there. And so what it goes back to for me is, well, what you're looking for is not allowing a guy who's made three threes all year to make four in a game, not allowing a guy who is strictly a three point specialist in errands or however you say his name to hit four threes. Like that's the problem here. Scoring 67 points with four minutes left in the game that's okay. Allowing 80 points with four minutes left in the game to a team that is 11th in the Big Ten in shooting efficiency is not okay. Iowa with the three. This is after EJ Liddell with yet another shot. By the way, Adam Miller, nice board. He's going to take a three. It is up no good. DeMonte can't snag the board against a taller defender, and it is thrown off DeMonte, and will go to Ohio State. Uh, yeah, to that point, this I'm going to do the most fan meatball-y thing right now. Because I think that we haven't addressed it too much. EJ Waddell, let me make sure I get this right, because I think it it's important to note that he's got 24 points tonight. And he just had a shot on the other end to go up nine that, you know, we could say this shot sealed it or that shot sealed it. Basically, all of his shots collectively kind of sealed the deal for this game when he has 24 and the other guys are making shots. But I am getting pretty sick as a fan of losing to guys that spurned you or spurned Brad Underwood, and they're the ones that kick our ass. It's this weird trend, especially the Missouri losses, but you can even look back last year. EJ Liddell was pretty good in that game at Ohio State when you still had a Big Ten title on the line. He's smoking you today to drop you to 9-5. and I'm a little bit sick of guys that we couldn't close the deal on kicking our ass. Or I should say, even a scrub like Mark Smith, all the more frustrating because he didn't do crap in the last three games, and yet you went 0-3 against him. I'm tired of losing to rivals or teams that you have that kind of emotional connection to because of a player that didn't come or anything like that. So, it, yeah, that's that's my meatball-y, stupid, nothing rant there, Isaac. I don't know if you have the same feeling. Well, actually, I know you have the same feeling because of a text that you sent us about EJ just a little bit ago, but we don't need to. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is annoying because he's playing like a guy that you – you know, an in-state recruit who was maybe like a three-star that you didn't offer the the 
you didn't give a spot on your team to, and then they play for a Mac level school and he ends up having 30 points against you. But, you know, from the rumors, it sounds like Brad Underwood and his staff kind of offered the world to EJ Liddell. And he had some people who I don't like to talk about in his ear. Um, and then to come out and play like as if this team didn't give you the world, like what's, I don't know. Yeah, it, but you it, know what? It, it and to like, that point, Isaac, I think that like, that is all true, and I understand that. Listen, the coaching staff did they could, but then the other part of me is like, well, you should have just closed the damn deal somehow, some way. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you see EJ Liddell right. have a game like this, it's like I don't care how you would have done it, but you can't lose, Mister Basketball, the guy that would have put you over the top, where you beat Ohio State last year to win a Big Ten title, or where you don't lose this game, so you are instead of nine and five, maybe you're like, you know, twelve and two. I can't do math very well. I think that's right, and, and you didn't. So instead, we're still stuck in this stupid purgatory, this perpetual, never-ending, ugh, I guess we're fine. Yeah, okay, we'll make the tournament. Again, if, if you caught me three years ago complaining Ow. about an Illinois team, uh-oh, EJ Liddell with a three? You bet. Oh, no. Missed shot. I wonder how far ahead of you are of, of me. Oh, he got a block there. Okay, so Adam Miller gets blocked. And then here's Ohio State on the other end. They're taking it up. It is a foul on Grandison. But yeah. I, another, th <sighs> another thing that's so frustrating for me is this This brings back vibes to when before, obviously, you are at top of the Big Ten team, when you would play well against teams and you would come back against teams and they you could tell they weren't scared of losing. And I feel like that's how Ohio State's played this whole half. Um I haven't seen that scared mentality where you have all the momentum. Um, they've played like, okay, just give the ball to EJ or something and we're going to score. Here's the second free throw up for Ohio State. 141 to go. That one misses Kofi with the board. Eight-point game, so technically not out of reach, but something's got to happen. It's got to happen quick. Iowa with the ball. He finds Grandison. He's going to shoot a three. Hey, why not? Hey, Grandison with a nice game. Why did they do that? <laughs> This is more frustrating than anything to me. This this, this crap. Yeah. I the fact that now you're motivated, like now oh, you're now, motivated. Now, now you're good. Like now you go on a run when you're down twenty with five minutes left in the game. Now it's gonna be a four point loss. Like that's that's when you bring the energy. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I and, and to that point, unlikable. And and they're kids. Hey, okay, okay, thirty four year old. You don't like the eighteen to twenty two year olds that no, listen, I understand it's ridiculous on its face. But in terms of Illinois teams, okay, you go back to the gross era, and I think back to the point of ending with a bang or a whimper, where I got that ridiculous idea, Trevor, was that every gross year seemed to end with a whimper, right? Now, I will say as unlikable, or I, I should say as apathetic, that would be a better word, and I would rather a team be unlikable than apathetic, because that means I still have skin in the game. But if this doesn't turn around and I continue to see just this lethargic crap for extended stretches, and then, like you said, inevitable rally, oh, look, we didn't lose by that much. Yeah, it is getting a little bit old. What, do you, what more motivation do you need than the fact that your season, it's not on the line, but any hopes of a Big Ten title, you can't go to five and three and hope to keep up with Michigan and Iowa. And everything that these guys said, every single one of them, was about a Big Ten title and the expectations they had for themselves. And yet the urgency doesn't come out until you're down by 15. Or in this game, you were down by as many as 18 points, weren't you? And now we get it. Thanks, yep. guys. Appreciate it. And you're still going to lose. As it goes back to Illinois, though, a turnover on Ohio State with 112 to go. Wouldn't it be really, I will say, for, for the humor of it, 
if Illinois takes this thing to overtime and wins. We've spent an hour. <laughs> we listeners would be subjected to an hour of writing the death, you know, the obituary essentially for Illinois this season, or at least the obituary for the high expectations. But I think a lot of the points would still stand just because this inconsistency is insane. Is Grandison going to do it again? Yep. Nope. That was your shot. 59 seconds. I mean, to go. Do you really not have a better option there. I mean, I know he, he's hit a few threes, but I mean, if I just told you again in a vacuum, you've got a minute left to make it a one score game. Who gets who do the you shots? Want taking the three. I don't I, think that's the guy's name that's coming out of your mouth. No, you're pressing your luck when you go that direction. It wasn't a bad shot, but you know, at the end of the game, there, there are probably three guys I would put ahead of Grandison, despite the fact he's made a couple today, including Io, who is just, I know the, Maybe it's unfair, the expectations on him, but for an All-American and first-team All-Big Ten kind of caliber player, you know, EJ Liddell has been twice the player that Io has been today. And I know that's apples and oranges, but, you know, EJ Liddell's had to go against Kofi, and he's still getting buckets inside of the perimeter. And Io's going against an Ohio State team that doesn't have two point guards out there. Again, it's just eventually I, I could say, well, you know, he did fine and they did fine, but... You know, when you're losing five of your first 14 games, essentially just do better. I don't care how you do it. And, and I don't care where it comes where from. The, just do better. Where where the hell was that? Like th- that this feed, perfect feed inside to Kofi. He's seven freaking feet tall. Like, how, where was that the whole game? I wonder when if... It so oh, no, you're right. And they should have been doing more of it. I don't know if a little bit of it's Ohio State decided they were going to defend the perimeter more late just to not allow the three, uh-huh. but that was easy. That was easy. And you would think there'd be a few more of those opportunities. Uh, real quick, uh, before we get too much further into this fourth and they already encourage people on, on the Twitter stream, burn your lucky shirt. It's not working. And then go to fourth and Kirby and get another lucky shirt. Cause we need to change the fortunes of whatever the hell this thing is. Use coupon code <laughs> 200 strategy, right? Yeah. <laughs> burn the old shirt, get a new shirt, whatever you got to do. And go to fourthandcurvy.com and save 10% on that new shirt with coupon code 200 level or the, the 200 level. Either one works at fourthandcurvy.com. They're showing the Big Ten Conference standings, which I don't, you know, it used to be fun to look at those things, but it's not going to be a lot of fun to look at it after this, as you'll essentially have the same record as Purdue. And here's the thing what is your best win right now? Your best wins are Purdue and Minnesota? Duke. I mean, oh, in the big. T- well, yeah. but I mean, no, I'll even factor in Duke. I mean, yeah, it's Probably. cool to win a Duke, but unfortunately, you didn't really follow that up with other marquee wins to make you. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, from a from a like a statistical RPI like net, I guess perspective, but your best win is Minnesota because they're a top twenty five team and you beat them by thirty something. I just wonder, like, what is. <sighs> I mean, look, you've got your opportunities here, right? I mean, to yeah, be fair, yeah. the schedule hasn't exactly presented so far in Big Ten play other than Rutgers. You haven't really been presented a great chance to get a marquee win. In the next 15 days, you've got Michigan State, Iowa. You've got at Wisconsin. I mean, you'll have your shot, but uh, <laughs> you don't feel great about your shot after what's been happening well, lately. That's my next question. What's, what's your floor? We spent all year, myself included, talking about the ceiling. What's your floor? This has not been the gauntlet yet. You could argue that Ohio State's the beginning of the gauntlet, but here we are, and it gets much more difficult, including some road games, and I'm thinking, what's the floor? I have not, 
I have not broached that yet. And I do think that, you know, basketball is a funny sport. You know, a team can look like dog crap and then they figure something out and it just clicks. And last year, hey, you know, like you said, nine and five, Isaac, after the Michigan State game, but that was on January 2nd. Um, I guess comparatively, though, you started the season earlier, too. So you're at about the same point and, and you are exactly the same point in terms of games played. So, yeah, it can turn around. It can. Yeah. But just I don't know what the floor is. Just to give one, instead of just saying, oh, my gosh, the world is ending, everything is bad about this team, which it's felt like that tonight. I'll, I'll add this in there just okay. for right. fun. Please uh, you're, you're 10 for 16 from the free throw line. So even if you made a couple of those, it's a one-possession game right now. Um, and I know Ohio State's missed a few too, but free throws have been a thing all season. So you're just a couple of those. And I know your free throw percentage is probably horrible, mainly because of Kofi, but um, that's also just a frustrating thing that the high school coach inside of me looks at and says, man, those are their free throws for a reason. See, but that, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not, I totally get it. That right there is the exact reason why I hate turning an 18-point loss into a four-point loss because this game was not decided by six free throws. No. And yet, and I'm not saying you said that it was, Isaac. I totally get what you're saying. I just hate that somebody who missed this game can look at a box score where you lose by five and you go, wow, you know, if you, if you hit one three and two free throws, you won this game. And it's like, no, that that's not what happened in this game if you watched it. Yeah, and I... And that's, that, oh, go ahead, Isaac. I was just going to say, that's how the Duke win felt for me. Like, anybody that watched that game knew that we we blew Duke out, but then what you ended up winning by 15, which is still a blowout, but there was never a point in that game where we felt really threatened by Duke. Foul on Ohio State. I will go the line. I am a little bit behind here. I know he, he's going to the line, and he makes at least the first so, one. So he hits both free throws. It's technically a one-possession game with 35 seconds left. You could play defense and have five Foul. seconds Extended. for a game-tying three, but there's no way you'd do that. All right, so 79-76. My TV's a little bit behind, but my score app is updated, so 33 seconds to go. Um, yeah, and I think the post game is going to be interesting to that point. You know, Isaac's right. The free throws are a part of it. If Kofi just makes a few more, then all of a sudden that free throw that Io just made there ties the game. But there are so many issues that I do wonder how is it going to be framed. I mean, keep in mind, yesterday, Brad Underwood was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and his most... Happy go lucky. He even said the S word in the press conference yesterday. Did you guys hear about that? It was all over. It was amazing. The, yeah, I was on it. Yeah. I, crazy. The guy, the guy said the S word. Uh, and we're laughing and, and slapping her knee, and then you get your ass kicked. And I mean, I know margin wise, maybe you didn't, but I, it feels like you got your butt kicked here. And, I was about to say, yeah, I like just, it's more enjoyable to uh, have some fun. Underwood and swear. Is. A little bit. right now. Well, that yeah, was a foul is. on Ohio State. That, that was a sh- but it was not called that. Miller gets the foul despite the fact the shoulder went in Miller's face. Now, I don't know if they're going to look at it. He's they he's are. wanting to go to the monitor. Okay. Now, can they overturn this and say it's not a foul on Miller but instead it's a I mean, can you well, overturn the foul issue call? with you can, but I think the issue with this one is at least I mean, I'm on mute so I can't tell, but from 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 this vantage point it looks like the problem is just that uh, Miller was so up in whoever that guy's name is. He was so up in his grill that I think they're going to argue that it's like a, I forget the actual term for it, but like a personal bubble foul, right? Where 
yeah, Miller got hit in the face, but it's because his face was literally cheek to cheek with the other guy's face. Yeah. <sighs> Boy. God, this is a long podcast, guys. We're almost an hour and 10 minutes into it. It's one thing to lose. It's another one. These things get drug out like freaking Dark Knight Rises and you just keep waiting for it to just end. <laughs> just please end. God. Have you uh, have you seen Tenet, Tenet yet? I have yet nah, to see it. I haven't. I'll, I'll get it when it's available for free or not the 20 bucks or whatever it is now. Is Have you seen it? Sure. Yeah, I just... No, I haven't. I want to download it sometime, but... It got very mixed reviews, and so I was just curious, speaking of Christopher Nolan movies, if either of you had seen it. I had not. I had not. Uh, this is a conversation here, and it looks like we're explaining. Adam, you see, when your face is in the way of a shoulder, it's your face's fault. So now Justice, <laughs> Justice Suing is going to the line to shoot two free throws in the double bonus. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think that was a bad call. I'm not just saying that because I wish I only had the ball back, but I think that that was an offensive foul. Here's the first free throw attempt for Ohio State. It is up. It is good. Four-point lead with 31.9 to go. And they have 80 points. I think back to that point you had had, Trevor, that, you know, the defense, again, you got 76 points, and that's after scoring, I think, 28 in the first half or whatever it was. So you've essentially gotten 50, what, what about 50 points almost in the second half. It's the defense. Every time that you had a rally, it didn't get stopped short because you couldn't score. It got stopped short because you couldn't stop them. Yep. Five-point lead for Ohio State with 32 to go. Io picks the ball up around half court. He's going to the rim to try to score quickly. This is a foul on Ohio State. So here we go. More free throws. We're going to play this game until 130. At this point, you're just playing, hoping that you keep hitting free throws and the other team in Ohio State misses one out of every yeah. two so that you gain a point every possession. But it's just, I don't know. I mean, I'll eat my words if there's some ridiculous thing that happens here, but it's just so much posturing for, I mean, I just make three great shots and get three great stops in the middle of that 22 to three run in the first half. And we're not having this conversation. You know, what would be great is, I had not been aware of the way that you could end basketball games until the basketball tournament this summer. What do they call that ending? The rule where the it's Elam like... ending? Yeah, I love it. And I wish that... And I don't think basketball would actually institute this because that would be a seismic change. But I do love the idea of not being subjected to free throw shooting contest at the end of a game when, you know, this one, despite the fact that it is a three-point game with 20 seconds to go, that it, it feels over i know it's not so like that's ridiculous to say this whole 70 minute thing could be negated if illinois somehow wins this thing trent frazier with a foul we got 23 seconds to go and i don't know I how mean, to- you see you know you, you see baseball try it with the runner on second to start extra innings um i you're right i think it's far too dramatic of a shift to game planning and all that to switch up the ending of a basketball game to the point where you basically determine that the clock doesn't even matter but I did. I was a fan of it in in the TBT, and that's the perfect. I know they experiment with things in the NIT too. That's the perfect type of, uh, you know, trial and error space for it. Because while we cared, I mean, do you really care? Not that much, and so that's a good place to try it out. Washington will make both free throws. Of course, it's a five point lead with twenty three seconds to go. So what are we going to call this? Bucket, mother bucker. Um, well, I was thinking like Liddell Little. 
Uh, yeah, I was trying to think something. Like two, two Liddell. Two, two Liddell, late. too late. It's <laughs> a good one. That's not bad. I mean, that that could work, and he is the story today. I mean, he's he's the story. He's yeah. the best player on the court. And if you would have had him the entire, and, and that's just it to Isaac's point earlier, you know, um, it, you have Liddell on this team if you would have landed him. And again, I understand you, you threw the world at him, but essentially, you know, you're getting paid three and a half million dollars a year for results, not for, hey, you tried your best. So when it comes to a recruit that literally could have changed everything, and I, I'm getting greedy because you got Io, he changed a lot. You got Kofi, he changed a lot. But yeah, I'm getting greedy. We could have changed everything with EJ Liddell. You know what also would have helped, guys? Alan Griffin right now, I think, has 26 points for Syracuse. And I know his flaws, and I know the defense is kind of your issue more than anything, but I will say one thing about Alan Griffin that this team lacks. Guy played with a fire under his ass, and he did some bonehead things, absolutely. But he would have been, if you asked me, come into the season, if Alan Griffin was on this team, guys you're looking most forward to seeing. He would have been right there behind Io and Kofi, I think, those two guys. You know, Another recruit that you missed on, you were in the final two for, uh, you got him on campus, uh, Drew Timmy for Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have taken him over Kofi. <laughs> I do think it's a good point, Carp, um, as Adam hits a three, and now you're just you're playing the extension game here. Once again, this is going to be an hour and a half, second half. Um, I do think it's a good point, Carp, about, you know, one of the, say what you will about Allen, but in that Missouri game, if you remember, where absolutely no one seemed to give a crap, he was the one at the end of that game that, I mean, he went too far with it, right? He got a technical foul and kind of started some things. But yeah. he seemed to be the only one that cared. And so I, I do think that if we're going to talk about this, not necessarily from a um, like a game plan perspective, but from a chemistry and energy perspective, I do think that's a guy you greatly miss. 83 15-5 to go. Oh, boy. If Illini fans so are still, what you need here is at least one miss, and then you know a three on the other on the other end to tie it to go to overtime. I don't know. Yep, yep. I can only imagine what Tim Brando is saying right now. <laughs> Who's the color commentator? Tickles, I never got his name. Tickles the twine. He tickles it. Um, I think it's a Donnie something. Donnie Marshall. Oh my God! Not Danielle Marshall, is it? No, because Danielle Marshall. No, 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 no. But I, I don't care because the first thing he said coming into the game was Illinois' uh, high-pressure defense. So I thought, okay, well, that's strike one. I haven't yeah, done that wrong. in two years. And then he said, Illinois needs to get it together at home, and they're 7-1 and one at home prior to this game. So I'm like, all right, well, this guy clearly watched a YouTube video from a year and a half ago and nothing else. <laughs> hey, is this, is this the first game where being down 15 at halftime really bit you in the ass? Because... I mean, you, you were down, what, 15 at Penn State to start? You in the first five minutes. Destroyed that. Yeah, you had 35 minutes yeah, to overcome that. Obviously, the oh, Northwest. Uh, but. I thought you stepped out of bounds. Good. Oh, my God. He was so close to stepping out of bounds. So we got 15 seconds to go. An inbounds play oh, here coming up here. Oh, no. holy crap. All right. He didn't though. They're showing, they're, they're showing the replay. He didn't. Oh I mean, my he gosh. was inches away from stepping out of bounds. So Washington gets fouled. Holy. Sorry. So it's really close, huh? He'll go the line and he will have two shots. 13.7 to go. If he makes both, that's with only 13 to go. He was close, but it does look like the right side of his shoe didn't touch it. 
Oh man. Was, yeah, that was right there. But I think that you know, hard to say and you can't I mean, review it's a good it. Call. It's just like, man. If if the guy would have called it, the one that was on the sideline, he did not have a good angle to make that call. So I understand why he didn't. And the first free throw was good, of course. Is the second one good as well? Yes. I mean, it might be for the best. Four point lead with thirteen point seven to go. All right, so too Liddell, too late. We'll probably go with that, barring an unforeseen finish. But yeah, this is just a big to-do about nothing. This was total... You know what this was? This is Return of the King. This is the last 30 minutes in the Shire where you just want the damn thing to end already. It's the longest epilogue ever. Iowa misses that. Ohio State with the board. That's going to do it. And you are now going to be 9-5 and five as Ohio State, even though they will only win in single digits, they kicked your ass. So, what if it's just... The curse of uh, when the other team has a starter out, you just, can't, for some reason, can't figure anything out. If you would have told me I mean, I last do. Saturday that Ayala's out from Maryland and Ohio State's missing two guys, those are two games I thought you were going to win anyway, I would have said, oh, book it. And that's that's more of an indictment on the Illinois team for not taking advantage of what were two favorable situations. Trevor, I mean, you were starting to say something. Scored, no, I, Ohio State basically scored 90. I mean, that's your problem. The, the offense was fine today. You scored 81 points. I, I don't know. Well, guys, let's do this. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know either, and I, I don't know if Brad Underwood knows. And that's the bigger concern is that I don't know if there's any way to write this thing and, and make yourselves the big-time threat that you hope to be. The Big Ten title thing is over. EJ Liddell, I don't even want to look at the scoreboard to see how many he finished with. Close to 30. I'll check it. If it's going to be too Liddell too late, 26 points for the former Mr. Basketball, two-time Mr. Basketball in the state. But he's on their team, and he's not on yours. So what cost you a Big Ten title last year losing at Ohio State, among others, but that was a big loss late in the season. Now they essentially put you out of the race, and Illinois has got to figure out a lot. So here's what we'll do, guys. Let's not do Tuesday night. I'm just (laughs) – we can just watch that game independently. And uh, Well, there's no good outcome to that, right? No, there's not. We either sit and talk about nothing because they're up by 15, or we sit and – somehow become more doomsdayish than we are now. So Yeah, yeah. I think it's okay to sprinkle in a little doomsday until this team proves that um, this is an aberration. This is not an aberration right now. This is a, a troubling trend. And I hope that by the time we get back together next Saturday, guys, for Michigan State and Illinois, that we will have a more positive outcome. Because right now, it's simply about getting good wins and a decent seed in the tournament. Talk about recalibrating expectations in the span of a week. That was a pretty disastrous week for Illinois basketball at home. All right, Isaac, Trevor, thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you in seven days. Is that cool? Yeah. I know. Let's just start drinking. It's fine. Football's on. Now I'm just going to get, you know, the weather sucks too. Let's just get depressed about everything. Let's do it. I'm fine with that. (laughs) All right, boys, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday if you can. Adios. See ya. See ya. The E version of the Thea. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. That was a long podcast because that second half just went on and on and freaking on. It's not good. I don't know what really to say apart from the fact that this team, something is broken. It is not cohesive and it really hasn't been for extended stretches of this season. And the high point so far has been the win at Duke. That was fun. The Minnesota win at home. That was fun. Other than that, how much fun have you had watching this team? And that's what's weird about all this is I know when to check my expectations at the door and not to get 
listen, I'm going to ride the roller coaster, but I also know when I'm being ridiculous. I'm self-aware about that. T- case in point, the Northwestern game where we came on, they had the second half that they did. And of course, I sounded ridiculous in the first five minutes. So I'm self-aware about it. And as I try to think about why this just doesn't feel right, the biggest thing I keep coming back to is that this isn't even felt like this season has an identity. And we're more than two months into it, or about two months into it, I should say, with only about two months to go. So time is running out to figure out what exactly this thing is. And of course, there's much left to be written, and maybe they make a tournament run, and we look back on this and we laugh at that little stumble that they had in mid-January. But the problem is these stumbles were on the court in plenty of other games back in November and December, and they aren't going away. In fact, they're getting worse as the competition gets better. The competition only gets better from this point forward. I don't know what the floor is for this team, and I don't want to see it because I do worry about the stretch at Michigan State, Iowa, at Wisconsin, um, at Michigan, or maybe you get Wisconsin at home first. I forget. It's one or the other. It's not good, and you should be angry or disappointed at least, and I think it's okay to start questioning what is exactly going on with the coaching because they need to be the ones to figure this thing out. Along with the players, I understand. But you look at the stat sheet and the guys that you would hope in terms of the supporting cast, you hope they would produce, they kind of did today. It didn't matter. You let EJ Liddell come in here and own you and punk you. And yeah, Kofi got 15 and 11. You know what? If I were seven foot and that big and there's not a center on the opposing team that can actually guard me, I'd get 15 and 11 too. That does not impress me that much when you go one for six from the free throw line and you were not the dominant force that you should be. But that's, that's nitpicking for a team that's got plenty of issues. <sighs> All right. We'll probably do a podcast with Jeremy on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. So Jeremy and I will get together, I think, for Mondays with Mike. We'll do one maybe on Tuesday or probably Wednesday after the Penn State game. There's no easy answers. And um, what should have been a really fun season is instead been frustrating and confounding. And they'll make the tournament in all likelihood, and that should be enough, right? You would think, having not been there since 2013. But uh, this doesn't feel right. I don't know. I think you guys feel that too. And I hope it changes because, you know, in this crap year of all years, give us some sort of respite. (laughs) Give us something to be excited about because no offense to this roster, next year when you presumably take Iowa and Kofi off of it, I don't know if... Illinois basketball has truly arrived yet. And unfortunately, I think in their own minds, they had arrived. And that's part of the problem as to why they can't string together consistent performances and why often they are flat and almost disinterested. If they're going to be disinterested and not emotionally invested as they should be with a sense of urgency, I would recommend, hey, as a fan, tune in Tuesday night like I am, kind of distant, kind of aloof. Whatever will happen will happen. I'm going to divest emotionally until this team gives me reason to buy back in. All right, that's an hour and 20 plus minutes. Thank you guys for listening. If you did to the finish, kudos to you. A glutton for punishment, you must be, or just trying to get that catharsis. I understand that as well. We will be back on Wednesday for a podcast the day after that Illinois-Penn State game, whatever happens with that. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Hey, long weekend for a lot of you. Until next time, it is the 200 Level.